maybe output isn't the measurement of success or going to predict where I'm going to go. It was more like, okay, cool. Where do I want to go? And then working backwards to be like, if I do this, 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 and this consistently, even if it's small, that's where it has the most impact. Like uh, one of my mentors, he was kind of just talking to me about, you need to find your bar. So, you know, like when you go to the gym and you know, you you, you first start working out, you don't go put a hundred kg on the plates. You have to work out what the bar is, work on the form and stuff like that. So I think for a long time it was understanding, okay, what is my bar? What's the lowest level that I can kind of consistently keep up with? And then slowly work into that and then it's weird how much things change over time but then there's a standard that you can uphold to yourself Mm. really so i think that's kind of where i'm at hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the blokey podcast now this week i sat down with torin who accidentally fell in love with digital media Torin and I had a very genuine conversation. I feel like it's going to help a lot of people and especially creatives understand where they want to go in life. Now, the conversation Torin and I had was very genuine and honest, but above all, it provides a lot of wisdom and knowledge for the upcoming generation, which I'm really excited for you lot to hear. So, without further ado, I am Ben and this is the Rocky Podcast. I have massive plans for this podcast and this is only the start, but I really hope you enjoy. Now, Torin, how are we? I'm good, bro. I'm excited to be on here and just chop it up, really, man. Sick, sick. All right, then. So my first question would be, where does the story of Torin really start? Okay. Um, I think for me, in terms of like, just in general, you know, I'm I'm originally from Coventry. Uh, I was born in London, but I was raised in Coventry and stuff like that. Um, And I was just a regular guy, to be honest, like nothing too crazy or major. Just loved doing what I was doing, really. Um, And then I I kind of fell into digital media content creation and stuff like that around like 17. um, Purely just from failing business. So it's it's quite an interesting story. What what happened was I, I, I wanted to do like law, psychology and business when I went to like, going into A-levels and stuff like that but then I ended up failing business and then I had to pick a, a course to just fill in that third gap so I picked film studies yeah. um, after like a couple months I started falling in love with it I started you know staying late to edit and all these different things because I started loving that you know being able to put things together and create things and stuff like that and uh, eventually my teacher he kind of mentored me and he was just like yo I really think this is something that you can do you should really consider it and all these different things and I was like you know what maybe there is uh, there is a way but the crazy thing about it is back then digital media wasn't what it is now like there wasn't content creators like all there is now and it didn't really look like a a field worth going into so I decided you know I'll take a gap year out uh deferred my um my offer for university to do psychology bought a camera uh, just went out with my mates, just kind of did random things, random shoots, all the, all the stuff that you do when you first buy a camera and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And then eventually just ended up deciding to do digital media and communications and three years later, just, just graduated and now I'm here. That's sick, man. So I really want to know the in-depth of all of that story. Uh, that was it in brief, but we'll go into it. So as you were just saying, you started within psychology and that was your main aim. Mm-hmm. You were trying to get into psychology um, and then you actually failed your GCC to be able to uh, study business, which is one of the GCCs you needed to be able to go forward. So you chose a random GCC with film studies. Yeah. So what was the original interest with psychology? 
Um, from very young, I've always been so interested in people. Um, I'm actually quite an introvert. So I was, I was super, super quiet, not confident at all. So I was very much an observer. I used to love studying people, look at why people did things. And in fact, I was always that person in the friend group that people would come to to kind of talk about their emotions and stuff. Right, so I right. thought naturally that'd be something that I might go into and stuff like that. But when it came to learning it at A-levels, I just didn't really like the way the actual course was structured. Mm. I didn't really feel like it taught me anything that I really liked or it wasn't what I expected more so. So uh, again, I think that that initial spark of caring about people and seeing the way the brain works and stuff like that was Mm. what inspired that really. So was there an end goal with psychology? Did you go, I want that job? See, that's the thing as well. Like as much as it was a, it was a course that I thought I was going to go into, I wasn't a hundred percent because I, I was like, I don't know if I want to be sat being a therapist or a lot of the job opportunities were stuff in like the, you know, the public sector and stuff like that. And I just didn't really know if that was for me. So obviously when you're younger, you, you can't plan that far ahead. So I kind of just guessed a little bit. I was like, oh, if I do it, then we'll kind of see as we go. So I didn't really think about it too tough, but mm. I always felt deep down that it wasn't something that I end, would fully end up going into actually. Yeah, 100%. Okay, so then you took up that, that throwaway which was film studies but you actually ended up falling in love with that and that is your main focus now do you think there's a hidden similarity between psychology and the world of media as i get more into like media production and all these different things i think i'm really starting to notice the links between it because Mm. especially when it comes down to content creation the biggest thing that you need to realize is that you're creating stuff for other people to watch so you need to kind of understand who's the audience that you're you're you know you're actually selling this thing to or creating this for what point in their life are they in and you have to kind of create that persona of the person Mm. and really think cater what you're doing towards them so i think that as i get more into it i'm realizing the the psychology behind it and I think that's why I kind of actually love it just as much as I did psychology but I get to create at the same time do you know what I mean Mm, I think a lot of content creators and people that look up to content creators think that the baseline is create content that you enjoy and upload it and that's that's what Mm -hmm. it's seen as but I think as, as I'm getting into it as well starting this podcast just being something fun with my mates as I've progressed, I've realized I need people to take something away from this. It can't just be something that's funny to me and my mates. It's got to be something that provides value. And I've got to learn what people actually are interested in to be able to create that type of content that is going to get watched in the end of it. So Mm -hmm. I 100% agree in that sense. So my next question, moving forward, um, what did you really discover about yourself when you started enjoying media? Um, It's crazy. I think the biggest thing that I learned was that I was a creative person. Mm. Um, I think I've always been, my parents have always kind of told me, oh yeah, you're a smart kid, all of these kind of things. And I I wasn't really ever academically challenged to, you know, a lot of levels and stuff like Mm. that. But I thought I was going to go down that academic route of doing like law, psychology, business, all these different things. And as much as (laughs) my parents had trained me in like music from Mm. early, so I I played the piano, I'm self-trained in like the guitar and all these different things. Um, But I never saw that as like a serious thing. Do you know what I mean? It was kind of just like a hobby I did on the side. But it's weird getting feedback from people saying, oh, what you create is actually creative and you actually Mm. think differently to people. And that kind of unlocked a side of me that I've never really tapped into. So I think really seeing myself as sometimes an artist was something that I never expected to ever see myself as. So I think that's been so enlightening, really. So when you finally discovered that you were creative, what was your definition of creative? Um, it's crazy. I think like I struggled a long time to accept that I was creative mm. because I think there's, there's this 
emphasis on the creative community or being a creator like it feels like it's an exclusive club sometimes mm. and because I was you know I felt like I was in the academic group I sometimes never never necessarily kind of connected myself to the creators or being creative and stuff like that mm. I even made a video at one point uh, saying why I hate being called a creative because I don't like how that yeah. segregates and separates people from feeling like they can just make things when I think yeah. everybody's creative uh. so I think for me like I kind of define that as you know what as a human being i have ideas i make things and i want to create things like just mm. the fact that we dream and that we we do things you know in our minds and we envision things i think that's creativity in and of itself do you know what i mean so i think for me it was just i think the term creative has now become like a career uh, mm. but i don't necessarily define what people call the career as being creative at the same time do you know what mm. i mean i think also being called a creator and having creative ability um is is so broad you can be an artist mm. a musician a, a content creator a videographer there's so many different things within the film of being a creative um yeah but then there is people that you've probably met that i've definitely met you meet them and they don't seem to have that spark about them they don't seem to have that click mm. that has their creative ability but obviously you and i i agree with you in the sense that i feel like everybody has some level of creativeness to them yeah, so of course that person who has no real aspirations and doesn't know how to use their creative ability, how do they unlock that? Hmm. I think it's just trying it, you know. I think, you know, it's not even that. I think it's just recognizing that as a human being, you are creative. Mm. Like, you, people think just because you don't have a specific level of skill towards it, it's they feel like okay i'm not naturally creative but i don't feel i feel like it's not about being naturally anything i feel like anything can be learned anything can be developed um so i think it's if it's something that you want to do take the time out to develop it and realize that if you just put enough time into anything you can look at that and you can you know get to that point like a lot of people look at what i do now and they're like oh you're so talented you've done this and you've done that or how did you get that photo how did you do that but I just, I learned the skill, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, but before this, I never saw, you know, the, the composition as the way mm. I do it now when I take photos and stuff like that. I just learned it and understood the craft. So I think with the amount of time that you put into things, I'm sure it's the same with you, like, you yeah. know, podcasting and interviewing, you learn to develop the skills, but at first you have to take the chance to go on the journey of doing that. So I'd yeah. say that's probably the, the, the first step really, just take that leap and just try it. A hundred percent. I think, at the end of the day, it is a skill. You can have creative ability to get you kickstarted and something that uh, you mm. you have a, maybe an eye for, but it is a skill that you have to work on consistently. I'm 10 times better at podcasting now than I was at the start, but I still had a, a knack for it at the start. Um, so yeah. it's something that needs to be worked on. So let's throw it back, uh, back to your gap year. You took the gap year, went out with mates. You didn't really, you said it took you six months until you were actually sure that you wanted to pursue mm -hmm. this. Why did it take so long for you to you to realize that that's what you wanted to do fear bro <laughs> again at the time like the digital creative space wasn't what it was today um and i had already confirmed the place at university of manchester with psychology right. it was like do i want to completely switch 180 go to university for a creative arts kind of course yeah. again that doesn't really 
have a future in it especially mm. when I could have just done an apprenticeship for this type of course and stuff like that so it was kind of just not being sure uh what the ne- what the future looks like and mm. I guess again with the creative field there's that big stigma of the starving artist and oh if, you, if you're in arts then you're going to be in a warehouse or in a small apartment with you know your bike on the wall mm. and you're just trying to make your craft work and stuff like that and yeah. I think when I had that stigma at the time it was like yeah I don't know if this is like I want to jump fully into um, but it was around like six months into it after I started like reaching out to people to do like actual music videos and stuff like uh, that. And when I got my first paycheck, when I was like, okay, if I can make money from this here, maybe there's a way to replicate it and just kind of see where it takes me really. A hundred percent. So it was, it was the money side of things, the first paycheck, which really confirmed that there was a future. Yeah, for sure. How did it feel when you got that first paycheck? Was it a sense of realization <laughs> or was it more focused? Wow, I've got money. It was, it was just, firstly, it was just like, wow. <laughs> Cause at the time, like the amount that I was getting paid was just like, so you're paying me to run around with a camera and just shoot stuff. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It was kind of like, this is something that can like pay bills. <laughs> Do yeah. you know what I mean? I yeah. think that was, that was a big deal for me at the time. And um, I, I, I was also work, working part-time at Iceland. So I was doing retail work at the time. And it was just like, I've made more on this one shoot than I did in a week. So it was like, what? what's going on here? <laughs> Do you right. know what I mean? So I think that was, it was firstly the realization of the potential of what this could be. And that was mm. at the start. Uh, but then also just that sense of, yeah, this is, this is exciting. Maybe there's more here. Maybe I can just dive deep into this. hundred percent, hundred percent. That's exciting. So then you went into uni. Do you think uni has actually helped or set you back? Because some people don't go into uni because they feel like they can learn it themselves. So do you think uni mm-hmm. has actually helped you in your journey? I think I, I made a video about this on YouTube, actually, just talking about is university actually worth the investment? Yeah. Um, I think it really depends on the type of person you are or it depends on how you utilize university. When I came because mm. I took that gap year out, I'm a huge adv- advocate for gap years because, again, that, that year transformed my whole life. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So for me, when I went into university, I, I felt like I was at the point of maturity where I was like, okay, cool maybe I can utilize the system to work for me. Mm. So when I was getting like student finance and stuff like that, that in it, that was what I was using to buy equipment and invest in equipment right, right, and right. then pay my mom back for the camera and all these different things. Um, in that year, I started YouTube. I started my own podcast for a little bit and all these different things. So yeah. I think if you are there and you utilize university for your advantages, then it could be really dope. But if you're just there for the degree, I really don't think we're in a day and age where degrees are going to get you in the places mm. that you need to get to. Mm. Like now that I've finished and I've, you know, completed the three years, as much as I went to the lectures and stuff like that, I genuinely don't feel like I learned much. Do you mm. know what I'm saying? And if it wasn't for, you know, being able to use the system and use the opportunities and the people and all these different things that I don't think I would be where I'm at today, where I feel comfortable in the space that I'm at. Um, I think it's literally even just d- deciding on where you want to be as well. Cause I'm coming from Coventry. So there wasn't a lot of media opportunities there, but now yeah. being in Manchester where it's the hub for media, like media city and all these different things, mm. it completely gave me so many more opportunities and so many more perspectives about what the possibilities are. Yeah. So again, I think, People need to be really smart about how they use university nowadays because it's all about experience, especially in like the creative field, rather than a piece of paper. Do you get what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, a hundred percent. I agree. I went from I, I I pledged at the end of my 
secondary school career, I kind of just turned around and said, I do not want to do any form of education at all. I was like, I can't do mm. this. It's not for me. And then looked at apprenticeships, was thinking about going into that. And then thought, this doesn't really seem for me either because I don't really want to be working for somebody. So then mm. got, got my GCSE results. And the day of my GCSE results, I turned up to college. Uh, a college near me which a few of my mates were going to and put down my grades and said what course going to get on to I have no idea what I want to do show me and they basically True. said digital journalism have a go at this I went sick that sounds good signed up for it did a two-year course on that ended up with a distinction and that's kind of directed as you say entire life like this is what I do yeah. now this is this is where I'm planning to go with my future all because I randomly took an impulsive decision to turn up at college <laughs> with my grades and went this let's see what happens mm. so something that helped me a lot was working with like-minded people. When I was at college, I was really enjoying just being around other creative people and people that had some sort of aspiration to go into something that I was interested in too. Do you think that really helped you going into uni? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think the unfortunate part of it was that, you know, COVID happened. So there was a big period where you weren't able to even talk to your classmates or, you know, mm. work on projects together and stuff like that. So I feel like there could have been so much more potential in terms of being around those spaces and those communities and stuff like that. But um, just again, being in the hub with Manchester, there's places like Northern Quarter, which is you go there and you know it's, okay, there's a bunch of creatives yeah, here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's that artsy kind of vibe to it. But then you can walk down the streets and then there's the finance district type area yeah. as well. So I think it's not just being in that space where the creatives are, but then being uh, in, in spaces that are rich with communities and, and diversity. I think that's had more of an effect for me rather right. than being in the spaces with creatives because again I, I don't like that feeling of being segregated or separated to a specific group where I don't necessarily feel like I fit into either but I feel like both at the same time so I think that that kind of connection to jumping into different pots of communities and spaces has been the biggest impact for me really 100% I agree I think it's it's such a good thing to be in the hub of something like being in London, just going into London, you've got a hustle and bustle of the world combined mm. with people randomly you see around the streets with vlogging cameras and you're like, they're doing what I'm doing. It's just a bit of relatability there. Mm, yeah, for sure. So within creativity and everybody has a creative side, as we were mentioning, there is specific styles of creativity and creative media. What would you say your style is? Um, it depends. Would you say like visually or more like messaging and what I try to tell? I think I think more what you try to tell. That's what I'm interested in. Um, I think my biggest inspiration or my biggest kind of like mission from the when I started and when I really decided, okay, I'm going to start putting stuff online was yeah. to just document the journey of discovering purpose. And that little mm. phrase has always kind of been my mission and my, my, my purpose and everything yeah. I do. Um, Cause at the time when I started again, it felt like social media was coming this thing where everybody was just showcasing the best parts and showcasing everything that they were doing like the flashy cars, all of those yeah, different yeah, things. Yeah. And I was like, I am just a student that doesn't really know exactly where I'm going with this. I don't mm. know if this is the, the next step, if it's ever going to be successful and these kind of things. And I, I kind of did that to trick myself into feeling like it was okay to not be at the end of the journey. Mm. Just being like, you guys can follow and be along to see what happens and how far I get. And if this is even something that becomes successful. Um, and that kind of gave me the freedom to kind of do that. And I've always been just kind of hungry for like development and growth mm. and quite philosophical and kind of deep in the world a bit too much sometimes. But yeah. um, 
yeah, it was just kind of like, I, this is my story. Um, and I, I like telling other, other people's stories and, you know, doing that. So if you want to kind of join me on that, I've finally seen if I'll get to the point where I've discovered what that big purpose for my life is, yeah. then hop on the journey. Do you know what I mean? And hopefully I create some cool stuff on the way. Mm, 100%. Now, what I picked up on there, like you were saying, this is me on my journey. Let's see what happens. But you've got a real intent to make sure that journey works. How do you make mm. sure that you have motivation and consistency within your work with, with the same attitude of going, let's just see what happens? They're, they're, they're quite polar opposites, but you seem to be motivated. And you seem to be striving for more. How do, how do you do that? I think that's a hard question, you know, because for me, like 2019 times, like before COVID, I was hungry. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It was, I was, I was kind of very tapped into that like hustle community. Do you know mm. what I mean? That kind mm. of, I wake up 6 a.m. Da, 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 yeah, self help, yeah, yeah. all of these kind of things. And then what happened was COVID came through and it just completely destroyed that for me. Like all that right. paradigm that I'd kind of built my, my, my beliefs on just kind of crashed straight away. Yeah. Um, so just during lockdown, there was a huge period where I was just like, everything that I've planned can no longer happen. Uh. What's the point of me planning all these things and trying to strive for all these different moments and successes if when planning and life can just come in the way. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I'm, I'm currently on a process of kind of redefining what that is and how to mm. achieve the goals I'm doing and whether I'm already living in that purpose by just can, like enjoying the journey and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So in terms of, in terms of like staying committed to that, my thing is, am I constantly being reflective? Am I still, um, you know, it, it might not be, it might not be posting a video every week, but is what I'm posting developing the narrative of mm. discovering purpose. Do you know mm. what I mean? I don't want to just be, I don't want to just cater to the algorithm just so I grow so that people kind of, buy into what my story is if i don't feel yeah. like it's coming from a genuine place like again my my mission was to document the journey of discovering purpose but if i'm just kind of repeating the same things and not really developing mm. my story mm. then i don't really feel like it's kind of important or necessary yeah. i feel like there might be a place where if i was doing this full-time especially like with the personal brand and stuff where that was more of a career then i think that might be a bit different but again yeah. i think as long as i'm completely always feeling like i'm you know out of my comfort zone or developing or progressing, then that's kind of what's the most important thing for me currently at this moment. 100%. I mean, from what you've just said, I've thought of an unbelievable amount of questions. So I'm going to make sure I remember them all. <laughs> the first thing that I picked up on was um, that struggle during lockdown where basically yeah. everything you had planned, it just switched. And you were like, what is actually going on now? What did that do for your mental health? heavy <laughs> it was heavy like i think as a as a man and as a guy do you mm. know i mean there was we like guys don't really talk about mental health and stuff like that obviously it's becoming a lot more prevalent in the media and stuff like that today yeah, but yeah. in my guy groups we never really spoke about that and it wasn't until like second year uni where you know lockdown was kind of coming to an end where i spoke to some of my guys and we were like yo our mental health is bad. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like I'm, I'm actually experiencing panic attacks for the first time ever. Yeah. Like I'm having anxiety about being out in public. Do you know what I mean? Like those little things that no one was speaking about yeah. that was having a huge impact, especially like one of the biggest things for me was like, I was getting a lot of social anxiety. So I was an introvert at first, but then I, I, I grew very confident in what I was doing and I wasn't afraid to socially interact. And then COVID came about. And then I remember the first time I went to another, I went to a party post COVID, I was kind of like, I feel so nervous while I'm yeah. in this room. And then that kind of impacted me a lot, especially as I was trying to create content on like speaking to camera and all these different things. I felt like, 
oh, what's the what's the judgment going to be like? All those yeah. things that I had been so done so well to kind of train myself to not think about or not care yeah. about, they kind of just flooded in and it kind of just stopped me from creating or telling the story that I wanted to tell. Really, a hundred percent. Now, what made you more comfortable on camera after that period? Because from looking at your content, I was genuinely thinking, looking at your content scrolling through, I was like he really doesn't give a fuck about being on camera. Like he's, he's, <laughs> he's very confident from the looks of it, but yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. behind the scenes, it's completely different. So what really made you overcome that? Hmm. Hmm. I, it's weird. I don't think I've ever like reflected on that mm. much. Um, but I guess looking back now, I think it was kind of just, especially over, I would say, the back end of 2021, I felt like, and I guess the beginning of 2022 as well, I felt like I had a lot to say. And I felt like I had that that fresh motivation again, being like, mm. okay, the momentum starts to pick up. I feel like I was really like in a position where I've done so much in that year of reflection, mm. you know, due to COVID and stuff like that. And I really wanted to sort of express myself. And yeah. it's weird. I'm in a period right now where I'm, I don't necessarily, because I'm like in my new job and stuff like that. I don't yeah. necessarily have a lot of time to, do a lot of the stuff I was doing in terms of the content creation. Mm. Um, but I, I also feel like I'm in a place where I I can't have the expression that I was having before. And it's weird how I'm now realizing that my creativity and what I create is actually a version of expression for myself. Mm. And again, being in a feeling like I'm in a position where I'm saying something that could help somebody that's so impactful for me and uh, I was having a conversation with my little brother and he actually said to me one time he was like yo bro you know I actually watch your videos and it was weird because of course you expect like your family members and stuff to watch it but he was yeah. saying it in a way of like what you're saying actually helps me and yeah. that kind of reignited me again I was like look if my little brother is feeling like you know I'm saying something that's actually relevant to his life I yeah. wonder how many other people that were in a position like me is actually getting inspired by what I say so yeah. that kind of made me feel like oh it's not worth having any anxieties over possibly changing someone's perspective yeah yeah I think it's a really good motive to have that you want to change other people's lives and affect how they feel I think that's the root cause of a lot of really positive creative media as well. You can have these people that are a little bit more toxic on the internet and uh, their, their content isn't really constructive, it's destructive, but the, the motive you've got behind your content can only build positive things, which I think is really good. Now, you've gone for a personal brand route you, instead of like a company or something like this where you you know, have loads of different influential, influential speakers or anything like this. You've gone, I want to make this a personal brand. Why was that a choice? Um, <clears throat> I think, to be honest, I'm not against, you know, other people, you know, possibly joining a thing where other people get on board and kind of yeah. do that too. But I think at my current point uh, where I am at life, mm. I feel like there's, you know, I can only be responsible for myself and I'm still figuring out loads of different things. Like as much as sometimes, as much as I come online and I give advice or I give perspectives and stuff like that, I never want to be that. I never see myself as someone that's kind of preaching or mm. saying, mm. do this. Mm. I like to come from the perspective of this is what I did. If you feel like it's beneficial or something that you think is good, yeah. then tap into that. But again, 
it's not really a thing of five steps to do this or 10 steps to do yep. that. Do you know what yep. I mean? It's yep. like when I was at uni, I took a gap year out and I did this. This is what happened. And ty- saying it in a creative way that kind of expresses it mm. and then seeing how that impacts people really. I think, uh, as I say, that is also really good because I've always thought, you know, I could sit down and make this video where like, this is five tips to be da 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 or whatever like this because I have, I'm very similar to you in the sense that I feel like I have quite a lot of wisdom and I feel like the amount of research that I do going into different topics just out of curiosity has given me yeah. quite a lot of experience and I'd like to share that. But then also you don't mm-hmm. want to be the person that shares that and is almost arrogant in the fact that they know it. Because if, yeah. if people come and look at you and you don't know every single little detail about what you're talking, it can it can create a really bad image of you as a person. So I think yeah, just yeah. basically sharing your experience is a really good way of doing it. For sure. I think just, just bouncing off that, I think, again, that lockdown period was a huge kind of <clears throat> like game changer for me because, again, a lot of the messages that I was speaking about before was, again, the hustle, the the momentum. Like my big, I had momentum and consistency on my wall at the yeah. time and stuff like yeah. that. And that was something that drove me. But then again, when I got to the point where I felt like I could no longer create and it was from a place of I genuinely can't do this, mm. not just I'm being lazy. I feel like that changed my perspective to be like, maybe I'm not the one to be preaching this message. Maybe mm. I should just be honest about my experience yeah. and document that. So I think that's kind of where it shifted for me. I think you've got a level of maturity that honestly myself, I have not reached because mm. see, seeing from like your perspective, I'm very, I think work hard constantly, work hard, consistent momentum, exactly what you were just talking about. And I'm kind of in the transitional period of understanding that, Sometimes you do need breaks. Sometimes you yeah. physically can't do it and you're overstressing yourself. But because you've got this hard work and consistency image behind you that's in the back of your head constantly, you're pushing yourself to limits that don't need to be pushed. And I think yeah, yeah. You've, you've got past <clears throat> the point of preaching hard work, consistency, all of this, and really understood how people just work and that you do need breaks. And I'm still in that transition period where I'm telling everybody around me, work hard, work hard, consistent, consistent. So it's really interesting to hear that side. I think it's, I've got to a point where I kind of, I understand when people say work smart because Mm. there's been so many times, it's weird how, again, when I was doing the least was when some of the maddest opportunities were coming. Mm. So it was like, maybe output isn't the measurement of success or going to predict where I'm going to go. It was more like, okay, cool. Where do I want to go? And then working backwards to be like, if I do this, 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 and this consistently, even if it's small, that's where it has the most impact. Like uh, one of my mentors, he was kind of just talking to me about, you need to find your bar. So, you know, like when you go to the gym and you know, you you, you first start working out, you don't go put a hundred kg on the plates. You have to work out what the bar is, work on the form and stuff like that. So I think for a long time, it was understanding, okay, what is my bar? What's the lowest level that I can kind of consistently keep up with? And then slowly work into that and then it's weird how much things change over time but then there's a standard that you can uphold to yourself Mm. really so I think that's kind of where I'm at 100% now with the hard work consistency and that that almost hustler mentality as you were mentioning it do you think there is a place for that or do you think it's only quote-unquote toxic Oh, there's 100% a place for it. I think, I don't don't think you can be successful without hard work. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I I still believe there's the element of you need to miss certain things. Sometimes it means not going out to the parties and doing all Mm. these things. I Mm. genuinely still believe that. Like at the end of the day, as much as people say we live in, you know, the hustle culture is toxic. The hustle culture also gets people to where they want to go. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I just think there's a balance towards it where you have to be genuine to be like, 
who am I? What can I handle? What's my capacity? Mm. How do I go 20% above that? But then how do I then balance that by giving myself a little bit of rest on the weekends? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. don't think it's, you got to do this for uh, 365 days of the week. I think if you can hold, handle 300 days, try 302 and then give yourself a rest for the rest of it. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I think it's about constantly pushing yourself and trying to do hard work because I also think we live in a society at the moment where we are very soft. Mm, <laughs> do you know what I mean? There is that, there is that kind of, you know, just do what you want to do. Just chill out. Like, I think that's being communicated wrong. It's not necessarily chill out. It's push yourself to what you can handle. Don't push yeah. yourself to what you, you're seeing Elon Musk do because yeah. you're not Elon Musk. Do you exactly. know what I mean? So I will never be like, oh, stick to my standard because I don't necessarily think my standard is the highest of the high and I don't mm. think it's the lowest of the low either. Mm. I think it's what I can do. Correct. But then again, that adapts and changes over time. So I think that's just kind of the perspective really. I think I think another, another thing that's really important is priorities. You've got to understand mm. your own priorities and go, this is the thing that I want the most. So I'm going to put like 90% of my effort into this and then that comes after. And then you put you know chilling out where does that come how much do I need that and figuring out how much you can push your body as well because I my mates say to me all the time like you can handle it you can you can stay up till da -da 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 and then have three hours sleep and keep going and I'm like nobody's superhuman but we are mm. all different we all we all do handle things differently but it's about as you say pushing yourself raising by 20 percent and just making consistent progress yeah, now yeah, yeah. I think it's funny because sorry I keep going go, go for it go for it go for it I think it was funny because I don't know if you saw like the, the whole Molly May thing where she was like, mm. oh, we all have the same 24 hours. I personally didn't, I, I heard it and I didn't see an issue with it because same I was way. like, what she's saying is factually a fact. You yep. have 24 hours. Yep. I feel like where she miscommunicated was that she didn't um, acknowledge the kind of situational mm. differences with people's lives. Like, yeah, we have the same 24 hours, but unlike you, Molly, some people have kids that they spend yeah, yeah, yeah. 12 hours of the day looking after. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. I think take that, take on board what she's saying at the end of the day, how are you using your time? But mm. then also recognize that the situation is different for everybody. So I think people took it a bit personally where they were like, she's not, yeah in my shoes and that's yeah. true but then when it comes to now what you want to do look at what your shoes are look at the cars that you have and look at how you can make it work for you yeah 100 percent. i agree exactly what you're saying there and i think um time management is really important and you're correct in saying that people are soft people in modern day are soft and there's to be honest me and you saying that are probably going to get enough shit for it anyway um, <laughs> because there's always that one person that just wants to have the easy life and thinks the easy life is the best life sort of thing but if you have aspirations in life, you need to work hard and people more prioritize their, their breaks. And I don't want to say mental health because you should prioritize your mental health, but they say, you know, if anything puts them at some sort of under any, under any stress, they'll cut it out. But sometimes yeah. you need to be put under stress. You need to be put in uncomfortable situations to be able to grow. And I think if that community of, of toxic, toxic hard work actually understands what hard work can do, they can progress really far. Mm. Just to be um, a bit vulnerable, kind of like jumping on that point, I think I, I don't, maybe I can miscommunicate. I don't want to miscommunicate where I say soft. I think again, it's just like, there's a, there's a culture at the moment where there is that kind of chill work on all of these things. Yeah. But at the end of the yeah. day, again, for me, like, again, being vulnerable, like even myself, like I'm literally going to start doing like therapy and stuff like that. I'm yeah, actually starting yeah. tomorrow because I think, it's not necessarily that I feel like I'm, I'm in a period where I feel like I'm very stressed right now and overworked yeah, 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 and there's yeah, a lot of pressure. Yeah. 
but I want to make sure I'm also putting in time to actually like work backwards and see what's going on in my brain yeah, and yeah. actually think about how how am I is this good for me is this mm. something that I should look forward to so I, I do think prioritizing mental health and all these different things are you know again a priority yeah, yeah. and I think it's not about oh you're not doing enough but it's like are you really look at what you want to do is this the steps to take it and mm. how can you get there and mm. I think it's not about taking that personally when people say oh you're not doing enough or you're not doing that I think it's just analyzing who you are and what you want to do and that's okay 100% and I think um therapy everybody should explore therapy at some point in their life even if it's just to take a load of stress off their shoulders even if it's just somebody mm. to talk to because we, we as as you say the word soft can probably be looked at very wrong but i think what we're both trying to portray is obviously take the steps to to further your career further your life further you as a person and get out your comfort zone more often um mm -hmm. not not disregard your mental health not not eat because you're working too hard or stuff like this prioritize you but make sure that you're taking steps and i think that's really important for sure man now what we said ages ago after that conversation um we said about the algorithm and at the moment the algorithm is trending. It's just, it's, if, if, it's, if it's a hot music video, if it's a funny sound on TikTok, it's going to do well. But then yeah. content creators who really try hard to, for example, portray their opinion or tell their story are really struggling because it's only the viral stuff that does well. Mm -hmm. How have you dealt with the algorithm? I'll be honest, like I, from very early, I didn't really think about it. Mm. I didn't really, I, I decided from very early to not cater to that mm. because I was like, there's no satisfaction that I'm actually getting from doing that. Like I'll cater it towards things like, oh, you know, whatever it means posting on a Monday compared to a Thursday and stuff yeah. like that. But in terms of the storytelling that I want to do, that isn't necessarily going to be what I'm going to dive into. Mm. I think it's actually quite interesting. I've been, I've been looking into a lot of where like the digital media space is going and looking culturally where we're shifting to. Yeah, and I think yeah. with stuff like the metaverse and web three and stuff, I've real, I really feel like social media is getting to a place where it's no longer to do with followers, but it's to do with community. Mm. Like how well are you building community, whether it's a hundred people or a million people, are you creating a space where people can come together, communicate, mm. talk with each other and, you know, grow as a group? And I think the only way people are going to be able to build communities is by telling great stories. Yeah. So for me, one of the biggest shifts for me was like, I also do like a mailing list where I write and I just kind of talk about my thoughts and stuff like that. And that's been my space where... I'm trying to build that community, like people mm. of like free like thinkers and dreamers, people that have crazy ideas that don't necessarily know how to get there and that are lost because they're young and 22 yeah. and go for a quarter life crisis. But it's like, look, let's all just be a community where we can mm. conversate and communicate about that. It doesn't matter how many people are going there because we're going to get way more benefits from being together and, and going on this journey mm. together rather than me catering to an algorithm that changes and switches every two weeks <laughs> What's yeah the point? Do you yeah 100 like, i think there's a balance between the both of them i think community is uh number one but to reach the community and to be able to gain new members you've got a sort of match with that algorithm here and there just to be able yeah, to yeah. to get the reach i've just been doing recently a um a job for somebody working a discord server so it's a big community of 8,000 people and I'm learning wow. every single day in, day out how to manage that and how to manage people because I'm one of the moderators of it. So I basically mm -hmm. 
have to go make conversation here and there. How do I connect with these people while still holding a brand because I'm, I'm employed by somebody? Um, mm. And it's really interesting. I think that's where your psychology is probably going to help because understanding people is the root of growing content, I think, which people don't understand. Mm. They focus, right, numbers. We got 3,000 views on a Tuesday. Let's post on Tuesday every week. And it, mm. it's more, no, that content really connected with people and they really appreciated what you were saying rather than that it was a Tuesday. And when people understand yeah, yeah. that, everything will grow so much further. So just then you mentioned about your uh, mailing list and that that's one of the projects you're focusing on. But you've got so much going on now. You've got, you know, your uni course has just finished. You've just moved out by yourself. You've got the mailing list. You've got your Instagram to run. You've got your new job. So there's so much going on. How have you found balance? Uh, <laughs> good question. Um, I would actually say I'm the worst at it that I've ever been. Wow. Which is actually quite interesting. I feel like... Um, I actually got my job before I finished uni. So I was doing full-time while I was doing my dissertation. Right, Do you know what I mean? Right, so right, right. there was a point where I just couldn't create at all. Like I, I, it wasn't until this week where I realized again, like I, I'm not creating for myself and mm. I'm not really being able to do the, like the fun side of creating. Like obviously with work, I create a lot of stuff for, you know, the, the people that I'm a part of and stuff like that. But again, there's not that element of, oh, this is the fun side of it and the stuff yeah. that I do. So I'd say that obviously just because I've started, there's a, a big part where I'm learning the job and I'm putting everything into that job to try and be the best that I can be. Mm. Um, but I, I am looking forward to that point where um, I can kind of balance things again. Do you know what I mean? And actually mm. be like, okay, cool. I can go work out again. I can go do this. I can go do that. I think I'm just one of them people where it's like, okay, cool. I start something new that I really care about. Let me put everything into that and really focus on that when it's such a good opportunity and then mm. once I get the hang of it and I'm balancing things again then bring it in it's not just again sticking to what I decided to do before when the situation's changed do you know what I mean it's yeah. kind of thinking about the smartest way to do it 100% so just for context give people an idea of what you're currently doing in terms of your job um, so I basically, it's funny. So I actually work for one of the Real Housewives of Cheshire. So I basically create like a bunch of content for some of their e-commerce brands and just do like social media management and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I also do a lot of like videography and stuff on the side and just kind of do like management, um, like videography, content creation on that yeah. side to see. Yeah. So you're busy. You're really, really busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you think some of the strugglers come from not being able to pursue some of your passion projects that are at the back of your mind? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I think there was a huge shift when I started, when I worked, started to go into full-time work. Like I'm, I was used to, I feel like where I was creating the most was when I was part-time out Iceland. Like mm. Iceland was not like a, a mentally taxing job, like it was physically. So I remember I'd be working, stocking the shelves, stocking the freezers and I'm constantly thinking, I have time to just think and plan and strategize like video ideas or stuff that I wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, whether that came into, you know, fruition or not, it was still a time where I could just think. Yeah. And then I'd, I could just go home, use a day to film, use a day to do whatever. And that was the best part. But now it's like with this job, it is very mentally taxing like my mm. job defines on me coming up with content ideas and mm. again i think the big the hardest part about this job has been attaching myself to a brand story and mm. you know really understanding okay what is who are the people that these people are trying to reach what are the stories that they're trying to tell and think about the best way to do it um so i think that's why i haven't really had the time to even think about ideas that i want to do mm. like <laughs> i am planning on creating a youtube video quite soon and it's actually the title is going to be um I think I forgot how to make good videos right, <laughs> because right. literally when I, when I think about 
the way I used to create and the way that I would structure our videos and structure stories and stuff like that. I, I physically can't remember how to do it like that anymore and, yeah. you know, get that satisfaction that I was getting before. Yeah. So I think for me, it's just addressing that again, documenting the reality of that. And yeah, then yeah. that will give me the space to know when I start creating properly again, it'll be like, it's going to be bad for a bit or what I think is bad. And then, mm. you know, go on that journey of discovering a new style or a new craft. So, so mm. I think that's kind of where it's at. Yeah, 100%. And it's good that you've got, as you say, this whole massive project is your story. The fact that you're struggling right now is is part of your journey, which you can document and then say, this is what's happening right now, guys. And as you say, builds a sense of community as well. So it's all yeah. sounding really positive. But I think by the sounds of it, the hardest thing is that you've had to switch your demographic. You're Usually you're focusing on people that are like, you know, here, here's my story, da, 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 so on and so forth. That's, that's what you're trying to sell all the time. And then you've been assigned as a social media manager on something that you don't know anything about, that you've had to do loads of research into, then switch your mind and go, right, I need to sell to these people now. So when you come yeah. back to your previous demographic, you're like, what's going on? What have I missed? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so what's your plan for this social media manager job? Is it something that you're trying to do forever? Is it something that you're trying to reach the top in? Um... I think like it, I think the biggest thing that I've learned since getting this job is the the ability to pivot. Like I never in my life imagined myself in social media management or mm. you know even trying to study social media and stuff. I was just like, I just make videos. Do you know mm. what I mean? Um, so for me, I think I really want to invest in that. I'm in this position where I get to content create and do social media management. It's it's actually probably the best version for me because mm. again, with that background in psychology. I'm actually being able to incorporate that with content creation, which is something that I wasn't able to do as much with videography. Like right. it was just, okay, you make videos and you try and be creative and all these different things. Yeah. And sometimes when you're the videographer or you're just the guy behind the camera, people kind of look at you as again, just a cameraman. Like yeah. sometimes people don't realize but that's actually sometimes the biggest like insult. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, the cameraman, do you know what I mean? But it's like, nah, like I have ideas and I have, if you let me produce this, there's yeah. a way that I would go about it that I think might actually tell the story better. It, it yeah. might not be right, but there's more, I'm more than just someone that holds a camera. Like I'm someone that has ideas, that has a voice that can contribute to what you want to tell. Yeah. Um, so I think that was something that I was kind of discovering. But again, now in this role, I think it's just investing everything that I have into it now and yeah. seeing where it goes. Um, you know, the, the place that I'm at is just such a, 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 a great um, environment where they've looked at me and they've been like we love what you do so yeah. do you and bring it to us do you know what I yeah. mean and I think being in an environment like that is is very rare so I'm yeah. just gonna enjoy that see how long you know life keeps me here and see you know pivot as best I can and then see where it goes yeah 100% I think that's a really good position to be in as you were just saying um but something I struggle with being a creative, I, I, I say that myself, I, I, obviously we had that conversation earlier, but being a creative person is locking a focus. I've, I enjoy mm. this podcast. I love it. I produce every single week and I, I put all of my energy into this. And then I think, well, being a creative person, I feel like I can do this. I feel like I can do this. I feel like I can take my journey so much further with the knowledge that I have and the skills that I have, but I'm not utilizing them all in this podcast job, but I still want to do the podcast. So do you ever find frustration when you're not utilizing everything you are? So for example, in the social media manager, you're doing quite a lot, but then there might be a part of videography that you're not taking full advantage of. Is, is that a frustration for you? Um, sometimes. Um, I think it's, I think the, the best part about 
having free time <laughs> and, mm. and times to do other things is that you can do those things in that time. Mm. Um, I actually find that sometimes doing stuff in work time is actually the hardest part because again, for me, sometimes, you know, be now that my job is creating stuff and doing, creating ideas and telling stories and stuff like that for someone else, I actually sometimes don't get that satisfaction that creating just randomly for myself gave me. Mm. So it's kind of like, um, it's not necessarily not being able to fully use myself, but it's like, at what, how am I using myself? Uh, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where am I using my skills and stuff like that? I think that's more important to me. And that's been more of the frustration. Mm. Like I, I remember when I first started doing freelancing quite intensely, I, I hated it for a bit because I was just like, none of this is really engaging for me. None of this is really interesting, but I realized it's about, you have to go through that tough time of, developing like a portfolio and all these different things to them where people now like what you do and your style so then yeah. you have the the leverage to choose what you want to do um so yeah i think not to go too far off what you asked but no, i think it's about like how how it was how my how i'm being used rather mm. than like not being able to use everything that i do if that makes sense yeah i think i need to understand that myself like with this project that i'm doing at the moment that is managing the whole community. It's not my community. I'm managing somebody else's community. So it doesn't exactly match with my goals and what I want to do with, say, my own community. Um, mm -hmm. But the skills of building a community and the foundations of everything is going to be useful in my own project. So I think I need to realise that more often rather than going, oh, but this isn't exactly what I want to do and realising the fundamentals yeah. more. So coming to the end of this now, uh, it's been a really great conversation, but I want to know when you retire... What do you want your magnum opus to be? Which is the the final project you're remembered by? Hmm. Oh, that's tough. That is tough. That is tough. <laughs> I I have a bunch of crazy ideas. Like, in fact, I, so if I'm being a hundred percent honest, I don't think videography and creating content is going to be what I do long term do you know mm. what I mean I, in fact I've actually given myself like another eight years yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean to really just I wouldn't be surprised if it was less um I think where I really want to impact is in like real making real change I think storytelling is the first step because it's what connects people but I think the, where the real change happens is in stuff like policy making and all these different things like I'm, I'm super passionate about education and um, how we can change that system to make it kind of work and that's a crazy task to kind of take on mm. <laughs> but figuring out a way to make real change for people where they feel like they've got an, an, a learning environment that actually caters to them and yeah. you know brings them to a place where they feel like they're benefiting from it I think if I could if I could do something or create an idea or create a group of people that are inspired enough to step out and make that change and try and make that impact then <laughs> I feel like I can sit you know have that Thanos moment where I'm kind yeah. of just sat in the garden I'm like yeah this is what I needed to do you yeah know what I mean? yeah that's really inspirational really good to to hear that actually because I think as we're all small, small people, but at the end of the day, we can have a massive impact if we if we really push ourselves. And I think what you're trying to do, as you say, with the school system is so important, especially with the way that the world is changing. People are coming out of secondary school having no idea what Web3 is, what NFTs are, and it's literally the future. They have no idea how mm -hmm. to buy a house. They have no idea how to register with a bank. They have no idea how to write a signature. And all of these things are important things that everybody has to learn without a mentor without a without a school system so i think what your plan is 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 stupidly positive so my last question would be 
If you could give one piece of advice to the people watching this podcast, assuming they're passionate about filmmaking and creative media and what you just said, making a difference, what would it be? Hmm. Hmm. Um, That's a a heavy question, but just going what came straight into my head. I would say, can can I give two points? Go for it. (laughs) <laughs> I'd say my first point would be study the scene, study the culture, study what's, what is actually going on in terms of like the technology space. Like at the end of the day, our job requires technology and, you know, you know, platforms to tell stories and put these stuff, this stuff on. So look at where that tech is going. And again, stuff with like Web3 and how that's developing and how we can tell better stories in better ways. Mm. I'll say study that and don't be just like, a, 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 oh, I'm just an artist. Don't just be the artist. Be the person that is educated enough to kind of take the steps that they need to fulfill their art to the best part. Mm. Um, and then the second bit, I would say, stay true to telling the stories that like ignited your heart from the beginning. Mm. Um I think at the end of the day, if you if you are passionate about storytelling, then there's a reason for it. And it's something that inspired that. So constantly go on the journey of discovering why you even started in the first place and, and keep falling back in love with that. Keep, you know, desiring that and, and actually go on that journey of hopefully expressing that. And that goes through the digital media and all the stuff that you create, really. Mm, 100%, man. I really appreciate that. I think it's evident that you're a good storyteller with the way you speak and the way you present yourself and the fact that you'll be your your role in life is to tell your own story is is amazing because i think that's going to help so many people in the long run so yeah i really appreciate having this chat no worries bro it's been good for me man you've allowed me to like reflect on a lot of stuff that i haven't in a while it's good i'm glad i'm glad but yeah i'm sure everybody's going to enjoy this you can see all of his socials in the description so i'll link them all down there but yeah this has been the blokey podcast and i appreciate you watching